Welcome back, Pinball Nerds, episode 270 of your fifth favorite pinball podcast. My name is Orville Albert, and on today's episode, I'm pretty excited to talk about a topic that probably the rest of you aren't ready to talk about yet, but too bad. You know this podcast, I do it weird, I talk about whatever I want, that's how I roll, okay? So let's just get into it. What is, what is the perfect Pinberg pricing system? That's my question for you guys today. I, instead of doing a top five list or instead of saying, oh, I know about this or, uh, you know, I don't have any expertise in pricing, but I do have honors in marketing from first semester and passing marketing for the next two years at community college. So that counts as something, right? Um, so I do know maybe a little bit more than just the average, you know, person or the average pinball podcaster per se. Uh, about this particular topic, but you know what? I know that the awesome people over there, Doug Polka and his whole team there, everyone, Elizabeth Cromwell, everyone running Papa over there, they know better than me the perfect pricing system. They know everything they need to know because Pinberg is the most perfect tournament on the planet, okay? That was honestly the best time I had in my life. It wasn't like the second best or the third best. I would say it right in front of my wife. I would say our honeymoon was the second best time I had in my life. But Pimberg was the best time. My first Pimberg, I popped my freaking cherry, went into A out of nowhere, had an incredible time, hung out with like so many awesome pinball media people, got to meet hundreds and hundreds of awesome pinball people, and everyone was having fun. It was a great time. Can't wait to do it again. That's why today I want to talk a little bit about the pricing the, the pricing thing, and, and and let me know if I'm wrong, or let me know if you have ideas on what the perfect pricing is, because I don't know what the perfect pricing is. But let's assume that, you know, we go up by, say, 10% this year for the low end of the ticket. This is my idea. The last two years in a row, they've gone up by 200 people. So I think we went from 600 to 800 to 1,000. Again, so, someone let me know if I'm wrong. I, I know we went from 800 to 1,000. I just, I'm not 100% sure if it was exactly 600, but I think it was. I think that was the other year I didn't get in as well. Um, but what we need to do to make sure that, you know, like what I'm getting at here is that the pricing is too low. If you have the VIP selling out in 14 seconds and you have the regular selling out in seven seconds or 6.9, whatever it was, people like myself who have slow internet in the country are honestly going to be at a huge disadvantage to try to get tickets. People who do not have a team of people on the telephone with them are going to be at a huge disadvantage to tickets. And what if some of those people who are at a huge disadvantage to get tickets are really good pinball players or they're really good pinball players in the future, or there are people who would have became really good pinball players had they got to come play in this tournament. So I just, I don't want us to miss out either. And at the same time, you know, I understand Pimberg can't just go, okay, we did a thousand this year. We're going to do 2000 next year. If they did, that would be incredibly rad. I challenge them to attempt to do that. 
Uh, I mean, with the amount of space they have, every single bank was being used at last year's Pembroke. I don't know how they would even do it in that facility. I mean, they probably could, but they just have to take up a, a much larger percentage of the facility, and that might not be something ReplayFX is wanting to do. And I don't even think going from 1,000 to 2,000 is smart. That's why I'm talking this out with you guys. I think now that today's date is September 25th, we've got nine months. Actually, it was nine months. It was three months ago now that we had Pemberg, but we have less than nine months because that's right. I'm on the ReplayFX page right now in Pinburg is going to be July 9th to 12th. So we've got less than nine months. And I know the Papa people and the Pinburg people are, you know, are always ahead of time and on this. So you have lots of time and energy to be able to make plans and ticketing. So I just wanted to have my little say about this before before it was too late. Because if they announce like two weeks from now or three weeks from now, I'll go, well, geez, why didn't you Give your ideas out then. So what I did is I took some time. I looked at the biggest, most sold out, everything from um, like Coachella to like large music events to like e-gaming events. And the larger the event, the better chance that they have a more tiered system. So for Co Coachella, for instance, there was from like $1,000 up to like $10,000 for tickets. I don't want Pemberg to be up to ten grand. I don't want it to be elitist. Believe me, of most of the people who go to Pemberg, I'm I'm on the poor like I'm not a wealthy man by any means and uh, you know I, it 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 does take a great deal of money for me to go. It was very hard for me. I was with a group of guys like ten guys going out for lunch, and I couldn't get any money more money out of the bank. Not because I was broke at Pemberg, but because my stupid uh, credit union card from Nova Scotia was not recognized at any of those banks down there, even though it had the plus system ATM thing on the back. But that's neither here nor there. I. I'm going to enjoy myself a little more at Pemberg next year and take some more money and splurge a little. I I love staying with Peace Man Nick, but I think that I might actually stay in a hotel. No offense, Peace, or anything, or to, to anyone else, but I think I might stay in a hotel. Now, if someone lived really close to the facility downtown, maybe I would consider that. It was just, it was a bit of a walk when I was hungover and tired walking that many kilometers in the morning, but it was a good time. I had a great time. I wouldn't take it back for anything. Best time of my life, like I said, and uh, the experience of, uh, you know, hanging out with peace was all part of that. So, but here's what, what I will say is when you're selling out in seven seconds and then you're selling out in 13 for both tiers, you haven't made it expensive enough. You just haven't. What I think would work possibly would be 1200 people if they want to increase by the same margins. And remember increasing by 200 people is increasing by an actually a, a much smaller percentage each year, Right. So it should be more handleable. And I don't know where it tops out. Maybe it tops out at 1,000. Maybe that's all they can do. And I wouldn't fault them for doing that. But this is, I'm trying to give you guys what I think in a perfect world, how the perfect pricing would go for the perfect pinball tournament on the planet. Okay? So that's what we're trying to do here today. So if they had three tiers, this is what I would like to see. I would like to see a tier that is uh, $250 for the bottom tier, in around the same price, maybe slightly more than last year's, right? Then what I would really like to see, oh, friggin' speaking of this year's winner, Mr. Keith Elwin, I've got Luna Elwin here jumping on my lap, wanting some lovin's and hanging out, so I will do that. I can podcast and be a, a doggy parent, right, Tunas? Yeah. Sorry, I shouldn't have said that. I call her Luna Tuna as a joke once in a while, and she really likes Tuna as well, so that makes sense. But, um... I 
think that if there was three tiers, if, if they go to 1,200, this is what I would love to see. And I understand that maybe no one from Papa or Pemberg directly listens to this, but my idea is to spark some enthusiasm, spark some conversation. Maybe someone will spark or start up like a pin side thread. Maybe, maybe it's maybe it's something we can talk about on the Pinball Nerds Podcast Facebook group. Actually, oh, oh, Luna's, you're so good, but you're being bad, and I'm trying to do a podcast. Uh, she's trying to eat everything on the table, which is it's all non-edible. So that's you know. That's not good. But anyways, I think it would be incredible if there was three, 1,200 people, which would be a 20% increase from last year, which is less than the 25% increase that they did the year before, and an even bigger, I think, the year before. But if there was 1,200 people, I think that should be manageable. You wouldn't have to add that many more machines or that many more banks. Uh, obviously, it's harder, and the volunteers there, if they're already maxed out for their hours, I just, first of all, I just want to say I really appreciate each and every single volunteer there. If any year I cannot play, I will volunteer. And maybe I did see Phil Birnbaum, a uh, really nice gentleman, uh, Phil, incredible pinball player also, from Ottawa. He was volunteering, as well as Duncan, Duncan McFarlane of uh, Hammer City Pinball, and uh, was they were also volunteering in the intergalactic. So I think that's something I could do next year, and that way I can help out my own little way, but at the same time, I'm also there and competing and having fun. Who says you can't go, compete, have fun, volunteer, eat good food, do a live stream? Man, that live stream was fun. It cost me a lot of money on my data overages, but it was fun. I, I Honestly, that stream was almost like, I think it was like $40 in data overages to do that live stream. And by the way, if you guys have not seen the live stream I did from there, I, it's just on my Facebook page. So you can just go check it out under Albert Agar on the Facebook. Uh, anyways, if there was three different tiers, and what they had done last year was they made the VIP like a little more expensive, but it came with all this different stuff. I think you should still have the VIP as the very top tier, but I think you should have a medium tier. So we'll say it in pinball speak, at least how Stern uses it. So you'd call all the regular tickets, the pros... Right? Just for just for so it makes sense when we're talking about they don't have to call it this. Or I'm not suggesting they should, but if all of the pro tickets were say 300 bucks, okay, with including an increase. I'm not even saying they have to be 300 now. I'm I'm thinking of Canadian prices, so I'm probably off. They were probably more like what, 100 150 American or something. So, I'm going to try to do this in American prices because honestly 70% of my listeners are American. But Canadians just add uh, add 40%. You're used to it. <laughs> Or 50%, depending on the day. Um, so let's say $200 would be the pro. Then the next ticket I would want to be 50% more at $300 US. Yes, $300 US for the middle of the road one. The middle of the road one may come with one or two small advantages, but certainly not $100 worth of advantages, I would say. But it would come with a couple small advantages but, and I know I don't want people to say it's not worth it, but maybe say with that one, you'd get a t-shirt, which is, you know, a $20 value at their cost is probably much less than that, but you'd get, a, you'd get a guaranteed a t-shirt at the middle level. And I'm just thinking like, I don't know, maybe they, I'm just thinking off the top of my head here, maybe they would have, um, I don't know, like do halfway what they did for the VIP last year. Then you'd still have the VIP and kick it out of the park and make that one another 50% more expensive uh, than the last one and go up by another 100 bucks and have that one at like 400. So if you had tickets at 200, 300 and 400 
and you had one third of the tickets, the top 400 tickets were available. Then you had uh, the other tickets. And I think the best way to do it, and I know this sounds silly, but I think the best way to do it, and this is how all the big events do it, release the tickets at the same time. By releasing the $200 tickets, the $300 tickets, and the $400 tickets, try to make it so the $400 tickets have, you know, a good amount of value over the $300 ones. But it doesn't have to be incredible. It might be a t-shirt, plus you get to go into the VIP lounge, plus maybe you get a, I don't know, a signed something, your, your, lan your, your lanyard or something. Your replay effects thing is signed, or maybe you get to go to a one special after party on the first night or the final night or something. But the reason that you do this is not just for the after party, is not for the signed label, is uh, not for anything else. There's a message from Mike. I'm sorry, I forgot to turn my phone off. All right. I'm pretty stoked, by the way. I get to go play pinball at Dimas' house this Friday. Uh, I'm going to be inviting my good buddy Matt, and hopefully we'll play some loony games. I know you don't want to gamble on pinball, but, you know, it's 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 a loony. It's it's barely even a buck American, guys, so it's like nothing. Um, so, anyways, and, and it's not so important to have the prices exactly to what I'm saying. What I'm suggesting is we need three tiers. I think we need three tiers. And we need all three tiers to go on sale at the same time. Because that way, for all of the people, say that you do live in a big city or say that you do have an expensive cell phone plan with quicker data, you do have a better option at getting one of the 400 tickets that are $200, one of the 400 tickets. And think about how much the income for replay effects would go up. Because they wouldn't have to be, they'd only be using up to maybe 20% more pins, yet the amount of income that replay comes in would, would, from what I can tell, would almost double, if not more than double, by having $200 tickets for only a quarter or a third, and then 300 and 400. Now, it doesn't have to be that much, though. It can just be like $200, or maybe they want to keep the, the regular ticket the same price, then only increase by 25%, then increase by 25%. That wouldn't quite give them, you know, twice the amount of revenue coming in. That doesn't mean to give them twice the profit because, of course, they've got all those other people coming in. They've got to get those new machines up to snuff. They've got to test those new machines. They have to move those new machines. They have to store the new machines. They have to worry about, you know, 20% more problems that they than they had last year with that many more players and then some. They're, you're losing some economies of scale, or I think you'll, you'll gain some economies of scale, but you also have some issues with that many people. But what this would allow is this would prevent, I think there was at least one player in the top 100, I forget who it was, who didn't get in. And then I heard there was a group of players who were actually very good that are also ranked in like the top 500 or 1,000 that were either in Sweden, Norway, Denmark, somewhere in Scandinavia, and they weren't able to, uh, they were not able at all to, to get in, several of them. Um, and that could be honestly partially depending on where the servers are and the satellite is that could be partially because there's on the other side of the friggin' world. I don't care. I, well, I mean, I do care what anyone says, but it, I mean, from the people that matter, it seems to be that yes, if you're trying to connect to a local server that would be in, you know, Pittsburgh, it might be harder if you're all the way across the country, not harder by seconds, but harder by milliseconds. And people were getting in by milliseconds. I can tell you, I had tried to put those things in my cart under 10 seconds and I did not get them in my cart. And thank God Mike Dimas did second shout out of the show, buddy. Um, anyways, I think that we need a three tier system. And if not a three tier system, the two tier system, both of the prices need to come up. The, 
If you do a three-tier system, you can probably leave the bottom pricing the same, but you need to open them all up at the same time because here's why. If you have someone who's in the top 100 in the world and they feel like they have worked their butt off, to get to the top 100, I can't imagine the thousands of hours of dedication, rule knowledge that you had to do, the thousands of hours of traveling and vehicles to go to different bars and people's houses and all around to play all the different machines it takes to be a top 100 player. All the different flights, all the different airports you've had to sit in, all the stinky buses, bus rides you've probably had to have, going on subways. like just It takes a lot of dedication and years and years and years of studying and dedicate, dedication to get to be a top 100 player. If Pinberg is to be our Super Bowl, okay? If Pinberg is to be our Stanley Cup, if Pinberg is to be, what the heck do they win in the NBA? I don't know. The NBA ring, whatever it is, the NBA finals. I know I used to be from near Toronto, so I should know. We the North, Toronto Raptors, all that jazz. But I don't remember what it's called. The NBA finals championships? Is that what it is? Anyways, I honestly don't watch almost any of those sporting events I just mentioned until at least halfway through the playoffs almost. Football, if I'm bored on a Monday night, I will toss that on even during the year. But I don't throw me out of Canada, but I don't watch that much hockey. I'd much prefer to play it than watch it. I'd much prefer play street hockey or uh, um, ice hockey even or pond hockey than I, you know, a little bit of shimmy. I'd rather do that than just sit there and watch a lot of hockey. I just don't watch tons of hockey. I don't watch tons of team sports other than maybe Tour de France. Is that a team sport? Kind of. Um so, but with all of those sports, you can better darn well write, guarantee you that if it is the Super Bowl, I'm watching it. Uh, many of you who have me on Facebook under Albert Agar know that I actually um, was watching the Super Bowl on top of my skateball while playing skateball. And I was actually watching the plays quite a bit, but every commercial and all stuff like that, because we just get the dumb Canadian commercials here, I was actually just playing pinball and kind of sort of watching the Super Bowl. So, but usually I do really tune in and watch the Super Bowl, go to a good party, have fun, make some wings, get all the snacks out, you know what I mean? Do all that kind of stuff. It's usually the one day a year I don't play too much pinball, to be honest. But when it comes down to watching those sporting events, I really only tune in and pay attention to the end event, to the Super Bowl. And if Pinberg is to be our Super Bowl, which it already is, then you need to have a way for your top 100 players minimum. And I don't want to say at the same time, you don't want to say, oh, the top 100 players are asked first or the top 1,000 players or where do you stop? Because there is players just like me who are ranked 2,500th in the world who still qualified for A division. So you wouldn't want to say, oh, you know, we want to make sure everybody in the top 1,000. No, someone someone ranked out of the top 2,000 went to A division. So it can happen. It's rare. Uh, I'm sure there wasn't too many of us. A certain, I'm, I'm almost very confident there's not too many players outside of the top like 10,000 who went to A division. You know what I mean? So it would be very hard. And even someone like Hayden, like my, my oldest son, Hayden, he's ranked like 11,000th in the world. Who knows? He could come and he could, he could blow me out of the water. He blows me out of the water lots of times, especially on newer machines. So he could come to Pinburg as first Pinburg and possibly qualify for A. Who knows? And I could qualify for E. I wouldn't be that shocked. I wouldn't be that surprised. Neither would anyone else. I'm not that great of a pinball player. I had one good day of play, right? But because anyone can win it, that's what makes Pinburg so great. It is an open. It is not an invitational. We do not want to make it an invitational. But we also don't want to make it a game of whose server is the closest to Pittsburgh. We don't want to make it a game of who's the most popular. I know. I personally know people 
who had at least two and a backup. Two teams of people trying to get them in and a backup. So then it becomes a little bit of a popularity contest. Like, how many people can I have vouching for me to be one of their four to get them in? If I don't get them in, if I don't get them in, this is the market telling you we need to increase the prices. If all of that money that goes to replay effects is doesn't, if, if, if they have more than enough money left over this year, um, which, you know, I think it's run as a not-for-profit, but any extra money they have, they can use that all for advertising for next year to make it even bigger and better. And you can start your advertising after, after, because everyone's going, you don't need advertising for Pinberg. Everyone who's in pinball knows what it is. Even if they don't like it or they say, oh, I don't play competitive pinball or competitive pinball. Oh, you don't have fun playing competitive pinball. It's not fun. Uh, I had the best time in my life, man. I have fun playing it. And people who don't have fun playing competitive pinball are the same people who don't have fun playing competitive anything. They, they don't want to, you know, they were the people who weren't picked in school because, no, I'm just kidding. Now I'm going too far with that. I'm just kidding. There's lots of people who aren't competitive who just love pinball and are passionate about it and don't want to ever play in a tournament. However, the very first time you go to play in a tournament or a league, you're going to meet all these rad people and they're just going to get you more excited about pinball. And that very first time that you don't get last place, even if you've got last place your first like four tourneys, by your fifth tourney, your sixth tourney, your seventh tourney, you're going to get second last. And they're going to be like, wow, okay. Wow, I never thought that would happen. And eventually you'll get better. That's what happens to all of us. But what I'm saying is with Pinberg, all of that advertising could be used to get more viewers, could be used to build more rigs. Every I think the biggest improvement they could do, even bigger than ticket costs, but this is not something I would ever ask a not-for-profit to do, but I think that this would further pinball more so than even changing the ticket costs, is if there was at least one streaming rig for the finals of all the divisions. Yes, including E. Okay. Do you know how many do you know how many people would have loved to have seen my good friend Megan all the way from Ottawa get to play off? Against Dr. Pin from Mrs. Pin's Pinball Podcast? Come on. Uh, you would have seen Mrs. Pin in the background there cheering and doing podcasting and recording and doing notes. You would have seen some of the Canadian people over there cheering for Megan. It, it would have really like... And you also, for all the less than A division players out there, or less than... I'll say this. Not less than A division players, because I qualified, so anyone can. But less than A division finals. Say you're not an A division finals player. Do you know how awesome it would have been? And and I'm telling you right now, I'll volunteer. If you can't find people to do commentary on, if you don't think you can find people on commentary for B, D, and I think they're all, aren't they all, like, I guess the other ones start at the same time, but, like, the A Division finals isn't actually recorded till after most of those are done. I, I know it'd be hard to get commentary, and I know it'd be hard to get rigs, but if you increase the, t the, the ticket prices, not only do you have... You're going to have a small percentage of people who have got in every single year be a little upset that the ticket price increased a little, okay? You're going to have a medium number of people who are complacent and don't really care because they know, and they're actually happier because they know if they don't get the $200 ticket, they'll just say, screw it and get the $300 ticket and go for, I don't know, an extra comfy chair. Everyone knows if there was a big row of comfy chairs in the very middle that were like, if they even had like, I don't know, 20 like slightly more comfortable chairs than the chairs that were there. And they said that that was for the VIP or for the premium and the, the LE people, right? That would, that would just be something. It would just be something to be like, oh, sorry, these chairs are for the, you know, and it's kind of elitist, but it's also kind of funny. And hey, those people paid a hundred bucks. They shouldn't have to search around for like an uncomfortable plastic chair. They should be able to maybe sit in a lounge chair for a bit. I don't know. 
could call it the, the VIP lounge. Oh, wait, they already had that last year. Okay, so yeah, they did that, right? So do that again, but make it more, make it bigger, and make it more expensive. And the reason is because me here in River Hibbert, if the second I apply to get that $400 one, or sorry, the $200 one, I don't get it, I'm going to try to get the, the, as soon as I don't get the Pro, I'm going to try to get the LE. If I don't get the LE, I'm going to immediately try, unless the bonuses are so good or there's something that's really going to help me in there, I might even choose to get the other one. But if you choose to not purchase an LE or a premium and you try to get the Pro and the Pros sell out, then at least you have the option. Because I'm telling you, at a certain price, they will not sell out in 7 seconds or 13 seconds. It should take at least a couple minutes. Um, a good example of this is when craft beer was having resurgence. There's something called Day of the Dark Lord. And Day of the Dark Lord just got crazy big. I tried for years to get in to get tickets, and I couldn't do it. One time, myself, my good buddy Tim Hillis, my other buddy Travis Smith, we're all sitting there. And we had every device we had open. Some of us were on our regular internets, like uh, through our phone. Others of us were hotspotting or using Wi-Fi. So we had all these different ways to do it. And we still, and we had all like, we had to, you know, scheduled it. We were willing to take time off work. Uh, they were both making more money than me at the time and probably still are. I'm sure. Well, yeah, they are. And, uh, you know, they were willing to take like a week off of work to go to Day of the Dead Lord, right? Um which is like a, a day of, what is it called now? Now I forget what it's called, but it's like a craft beer place uh, in Michigan that they only release this like triple stout, which is one of the best ranked stouts, I believe. Don't quote me on it. It's been a while since I've been as in, you know, enwrapped in the, uh, the, the craft beer industry. But what they realized is they had to keep increasing the prices, increasing the prices, and then it had to come with more benefits to increase those prices, of course. But the company makes more margins and the people coming are happier because if you really, really wanted to get in, they end up doing a two-tier system, then a three-tier system, right? And I don't even know what they're doing anymore. Maybe craft beer is kind of plateaued. And of course, in pinball, if it ever plateaus and you're, it takes weeks and weeks and weeks, or if, you know... If, 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 if Pinberg is starting and there's still empty seats left, okay, I was wrong. But I don't think that, that I know that that's not going to happen. I think that you could charge, and, and then you would be gouging people if you're up to 500 US. That's crazy gouging people for like even the top VIP package. But that way, if you were a top 100 player and you thought you could win like up to 15 grand, and I think the purse is going to be even bigger next year, but I think it was 15 grand cash US. That's like enough to buy like a, a nice trailer here, or a small cottage, you know, in Nova Scotia, right? So like it, it, if the cost of 500, if you really think you legitimately have a chance of going to a finals, of course, you're going to be willing to spend $400 US. I mean, most of the people are already traveling here from like Australia or Sweden, Norway, Denmark, Holland, you know, Germany, Europe. I don't think tons of people come from Asia, but they could, uh, especially if they're able to actually get tickets to it, right? Because it's almost like... If, if, if like the very first year I, I didn't get was my fault, but the second year I got home within like 30 minutes of the tickets going on sale and they were gone or 40 minutes and they were gone and I was so upset. And then the next year I was sitting there online with several devices and because I double, triple checked, I had purchased the right thing before I went through with the order. I, I ended up losing, like I didn't get them in my cart. Like I was just trying to read every, like I, I didn't realize it would be that quick because the last year it sold out in like 30 minutes. I didn't think that. 2018s would sell out that quickly. So anyways, 
That's enough on Pinberg. I just wanted to get this out there in case anyone listening knows anyone listening that knows anyone who's listening that might think that any of the ideas I had were even good or okay. If you email me at pinballnerds at gmail.com or you message me through the Pinball Nerds podcast Facebook page, or even personally, if you'd like to Albert, maybe not like a text message or something, but yeah, if you message me, I will try to read it on the show and I want to hear what other people think. I'm sure there's a lot of people out there who, who think that last year, them even doing the VIP tickets were stupid, but obviously they weren't because they were sold out in 13 seconds. If people didn't want to pay more for the tickets, they wouldn't have sold out that fast. Now, I will say this as a backup, and I believe that this would not be the first time this had happened. A lot of places, if they don't sell out of their VIP tickets, say like a month before the event, what they'll do is they'll open up a new block of just general admission, or in our case, pro tickets. So that's another option that they could have. Because you, you want if you have it for 1,200 people, you want to make sure it sells out. Um, I think it would sell out as long as they had the three tiers. I think it would sell out as long as they were you know, not priced way, way too much, like more than 25 to 30% more for, for each one. Um, max cap, you know, 50% of the one underneath it. So if the first one's $200, 50% of $200 is $100, you go to 300. Then the next tier system, 50% of 300 would be 150, which would be 450. I think if they did a three tier system that way, they tried to throw in things that were fairly worth it. But then at the same time, they also made sure to let people know we're doing this system because we disappointed people last year because there was dozens and dozens. There probably was hundreds of people who wanted to go who couldn't go. I'm sure there was. If both of, if they sold out a 1,000 combined, the first one in 13 seconds, the next one in 7 seconds, that means that there was hundreds of people that really, really, really wanted to go, that knew what time it was, that took time off work to register for this, that took the time and energy to do everything they could to make sure that this got done and they still did not get to go to Pinburg. And that's a shame because there probably was some people, I don't think anyone's going who doesn't really like pinball or anything, but there probably is some people who go, well, you know what? Uh, yeah, I don't mind it. Yeah, I wouldn't fly across the world for it. They're, they just aren't as, they wouldn't drive maybe 1800 kilometers like I have to do, or Scott Denise had to drive across the whole frigging country just to make it to Pinburg. Um, you know, they might not have that tenacity. Maybe the most they're willing to do is take a short flight or drive a couple hundred kilometers or miles, right? And those people are the people who go, meh, if I get the $400 ticket, I get it. Great. I get to go. I like Pinburg. But if I don't get it, meh, it's not the end of the world. Or the, sorry, the $200 ticket, the pro, whatever the lowest limit is. And those are the type of people who will just not buy a more expensive ticket. So, and if they don't get it, they don't get it. The people that I want the more expensive tickets for are the people who are willing to travel. If you're willing to come here, if you're Martin from head to head and you're willing to travel here all the way from Australia, I don't, I don't know exactly how much it is. I didn't pull it up, but the last time I remember looking, it was like, I think it was close to $3,000 to take an Air Canada flight to there and back, like return. I'm sure it's came down, but maybe it's probably still like two grand Canadian, which is probably at least 1500 US. Uh, and maybe more in Australian buckaroonos or Australian kangoo goals dollars. I don't know, whatever they use there, right? Uh, and I apologize for not knowing. I think it's just Australian dollars, to be honest. I don't think there's like a crazy name for it. It's not like koala. Oh, it's koala cash. Come get your koala cash here. Um, but anyways, it's darn too inexpensive to fly from Europe 
or, and lots of people flew from Europe. I got to interview a couple of them here on the Pinball Nerds podcast. It was great. But if you're flying all the way from Europe, or if you're flying all the way from Australia, or even like me, you're somewhere in Canada or the United States, that's you know more than, a, like I said, a quick flight or a few hours in the car. If you're traveling, like I, I traveled for like six days to get there. Like I had to, I think I had to leave seven or eight days before it even started. But that was just so I could have one day to relax in London before I went, have one day to go to uh, um, Darien Lake Six Flags with the family. A lot of you remember that video where I did the Jurassic Park top five features. That was so awesome. Love doing that video. I think I'm going to start doing more video stuff, even though I can't do Twitch stuff. I think I'm going to start uploading to uh, Facebook some more video stuff of me just doing fun pinball stuff, not necessarily always, you know, playing a whole full game of pinball or anything. But anywho... I am not making this because I'm, I'm trying to be constructively critical of how to make Pimberg better. I'm trying to give a little bit of feedback. I'm trying to start a conversation. I, this episode, more than any episode I've ever done of 270 episodes, I want feedback from you guys. I want to get messaged. What do you think? Do you think there should be a three-tier structure? Do you think they should all be released at once? So if you're someone who lives, like I, going back to what I was saying with Marty or anyone in Australia who's coming, and quite a few Australians come over. I got to interview uh, David, David, where, oh, he's not Australian. He's from England. I got to, I got to interview lots of European and Australian people, okay? Uh, more European than Australian, obviously. I don't think I interviewed anyone from Australia, to be honest, but I did get to speak with Martin, uh, from head to head over at the intergalactic bank, which was awesome. Grab a quick picture with one of my favorite pinball podcast dudes. And I could almost guarantee you that if, if he knew by buying the ticket that was $100 more, he would pretty much be guaranteed a ticket where if he tried to buy the $200 one, he might not get to come. He'd spend the extra hundred bucks. Plus he's extra tired from traveling from all the way over there on the airplane for like 47 hours straight or whatever it is. And he might just have had a screaming baby on either sides of him. Maybe he wants the benefits of the VIP uh, lounge as well. A little bit quieter, I'm assuming. You know, I wasn't VIP. I don't know. Should have talked to someone about the VIP lounge. I don't even remember seeing it. But yeah, I think you should have the VIP lounge right out front, front and center. I think it would be funny to have like a security, volunteer security guard there, but kind of joke it up and have them in like 80s, like a really funny 80s security garb, like you're trying to get into like a Miami Vice type club. And they were like, oh, I don't know about this guy. You know, I don't know about this pinball nerd here, uh, you know, but no, they'd be doing their job, letting people, the right people in and out. But yeah, if they ha if you had something front and center like that, that people were seeing and you know, you try to give them good value for the differential and the cost. And like I said, the payment amounts aren't as important as a releasing the tickets at the same time. Cause I would have been the guy last year who I would have just bought the VIP. But of course I was like, what everyone else did is they tried to get the VIP. And then if they didn't get the VIP, they just got the regular. The issue with that is you still had, like I said, hundreds of people. And I will say dozens of people. I'll say, screw it. I'll say hundreds of people. Let's get crazy here today. Hundreds of people that were way, way, way more skilled than me that could have played a good day and maybe qualified for A. And some of those people could have even got into the finals of A. And some of those people could have even been a disruptor and took out someone else. And I don't think, I still think Keith Elwin would have win. Keith, you know, you're my boy. I don't think you listened to the show, but we did get to hang out and uh, do a shot together there with Jack Danger at the Dead Flip After Party at the 10 Penny, which was rad. And I did get to tell you how awesome Iron Maiden is and how much I'm just head over heels in love with Jurassic. So that was that was probably a Pimberg high point for me as well. But 
I will go. I will go no matter what. Even if I can't, if I don't get a ticket, I'll still go to Pemberg. I'll still volunteer. I'll even be able to volunteer more probably. I'll still play tons of pinball. I'll still interview people. I'll still have tons of fun. I'll probably even party harder, just to be honest. But I really, really would like to make sure that anyone that's A, traveling from very far away, anyone that's had already had to book time off of work, anyone that is a top 100 player or even a top, like I said, 2,000 player who's willing to travel, Who who? because we don't know. You know when whatever team wins a Super Bowl, you know they won because they did the best in those games. I guess someone could have cheated or there could be inflate gate again or something, right? But for the most part, you know that's the team that should have got there. What we don't know for the first time ever possibly because of how fast it sold out in mere seconds this year instead of like a minute, anyone in the top 100 that can get into the top 100, they probably were able to get in for 2018 because it was like, I think it was 30 seconds and they had probably already gone to it before and yada, yada, yada. They might've already had someone helping them, everything else. The issue was for me, I didn't expect any of that. I didn't read up on any of that. I didn't do enough research. I thought just boom, as long as I'm there and I'm home right when it opens, boom, I'll get a ticket. And I didn't, but I just want to make sure for sure, for sure that anyone that could be qualifying for a can for sure get into there or not even just qualify for a like, cause anyone could do that, but someone who could be a major disruptor at the top. And again, I think that we would have seen the same people on stage, but I, like I said, there was at least one top 100 player and you know, we don't know that person, Keith probably still would have won, but that person could have been a disruptor in the top 10. And I want to know that when I'm going to Pemberg, that everybody who genuinely really wanted to go, who is willing to do something life-changing, put two weeks of their life on hold to travel from across the world, or is willing to, you know, take time off work or leave their family and, and cross the country. Or, you know what I mean? Like people from across Canada and people from across the U S who don't live locally, have an opportunity to go. Cause if I just lived in New York city, you know, it's just a couple hours down to Pittsburgh every single year, even if I was flat broke and I didn't have a, a hotel to stay at and, and whatever, I would still go. I can't do that now. Cause I'm going to need like seven days worth of living money to get there and get back. Even if I were to, I mean, the other option is I could fly to London to be honest, but that's still a couple hundred bucks. And then I got to fly back and then I got to, I still have to travel for six or seven hours to get to Pittsburgh. Right. So maybe it's only five and a half from London there. But anyways, I don't want this podcast to run on too long. Thank you so much to everyone who took the time and energy to listen to my last podcast. It wasn't my happiest or most fun or most entertaining or exciting. In fact, it was the second hardest podcast I've ever done. If you haven't listened to it, do me a favor and don't go listen to it because I don't know. I'm not ashamed of it, but it's just, it's hard to talk about stuff like that. And I don't know. It's not really the direction that I want the show to go most of the time. I just felt like I had an obligation to expand on the particular topic that I talk about primarily on that episode. So if you're a hardcore Pinball Nerds podcast fan, feel free to go listen. But everybody else, let me know what you think about the Pinberg. I think they're I think that I think the running of the tournament was spectacular. I wouldn't do a gosh darn thing to change it. Thank you again. Uh, to Doug Polka, Elizabeth Cromwell, everyone there at Papa and everyone there at uh, that helps run Pinberg and even all the, the, the volunteers at Replay FX that make Pinberg such an incredible event. The only thing that I think could be improved upon, and this was, there was no way that you guys could see how quickly Pinberg was going to take off. I mean, we were at what, like, like half this number of people even wanting to go to it and it took days to sell out just four years ago, right? So this is a huge turnaround. This tournament has just become beyond, beyond, beyond. We even have people like, I think even Zach Many from, uh, 
uh, straight down the middle. Uh, and uh, this week in pinball was talking about coming to Pinburg last year. And like he had never played in a single solitary pinball tournament in his whole life before that. So even though he has the option to go to ones locally, that surely would only be either, I don't know, I'm a, I don't know where he lives, but assumingly would would could drive probably less than an hour and go to a local league. He has chosen not to. But he was even considering coming to Pinburg for how big it is. That means someone that wouldn't even go to a small local tournament by their house is willing to drive for many hours to come to it. That's how rad Pinburg is. So wouldn't it be great if everybody who is who is that willing to spend thousands of dollars and put their life on, on hold, they don't mind spending a little more. They're not going to complain about the more expensive options because the more expensive options guarantees the time that they took off work. Because... I'm telling you right now, I know without a doubt that there are people who last year took the time off work and had to take the time off work or scheduled to take the time off work or more importantly, didn't schedule to take off other fun vacations with friends or family because they thought they would be going to Pinburg and then they didn't get a ticket and then they couldn't get in. I talked to a guy who the year before, and I actually got to interview him, his name completely is is gone from my brain right now but he had only oh you know what we might have talked off we might not have talked on record but I talked to a gentleman who like three years ago he tried to get in as soon as he could he was at work and everything else and he, he couldn't quite get in he missed getting in by like 20 seconds really good pinball player I think that he went to like this not the state finals but like he went to the top 16 or something for his state and from what I can remember, unless I'm confusing people, but, and then he also, uh, this year, this year he like wasn't made sure he wasn't working, wasn't busy, wasn't hanging with family, wasn't hanging with friends, had a computer open right away and missed it. And then later on he heard from a whole bunch of people, oh no, like everyone who got tickets, basically what they did is they had like four other people with them. Very few people, it was just one person trying to get a ticket. You had to have a team. And this year, I'm thinking it's going to be closer to teams of 16. I'm going to go for a team of 16 unless they change the payment schedule, right? Unless they make it so expensive that I know I can just walk in there myself and I don't want to have to be on a team with, I would have to have basically all three cell phones in my house plus the home phone on hold with like different people that's going to be very complex, but I'm willing to do that. If that's what it takes, I would hire a group of people to, to do it. If I had to, that's what I'm saying. I'm willing to pay more. I just want to make sure I can go have the time of my life again. And the fact that you're only charging like less than 200 bucks or what was it? 200 bucks us or something it's somewhere in around there for Pimberg. The fact that you're only charging that much tells me that if I can tell you it's more fun than I've had ever in my life, even when I spent thousands of dollars on a honeymoon or even when I spent thousands of dollars going on trips to, you know, Holland or Europe or Vegas, baby, or Florida or New York City, or I don't know, I went to the Olympics, like a couple other places I've traveled where I've all spent thousands of dollars and not had as much good of a good, of, uh, good time there. I think most pinball people will tell you their favorite time of the year. And that's why they consider it like summer camp. So I think most people are okay with having an increase in the cost of the ticket if it means they get an increase of peace of mind. I think that if you did a poll, an exit poll, especially after the increases, and you said to the people, was the peace of mind of knowing that when you took that time off work, when you sacrificed not going to that, I don't know, out of town wedding of your buddies instead, because you only have, you know, two weeks of holidays or three weeks of holidays throughout the whole year, you only have a finite amount of money to travel with maybe, right? Um, all of those people who were guaranteed to get in, 
and had the peace of mind knowing from now all the way for the next nine months that they got to go to Pemberg. And yes, maybe they had to spend a hundred bucks. I guarantee you all the, and even maybe the tickets are only $50 more. I don't know. But all of those people who spent that extra money, I bet you most of them would have the clarity and the insight to see that the differential in the cost of what they paid allowed them to have the peace of mind to know that, hey, you know what? At least I know I'm going to get to go to Pemberg. I might pay a little more for it than I wanted, but I'm going to get to go. And that's exactly, and I know that there's going to be some haters. And I know there's going to be some people that say, why are you telling Pemberg to raise their prices? You're crazy. You're nuts. But I don't think that, I think the people that are going to be traveling from the furthest and the people that have the best chance of going to A division finals, those are the two groups of people that we don't want to leave out. Those are the two groups of people. I mean, if you're pinball media or you're a pinball streamer or you're a pinball podcaster or you're a pinball distributor or pin, pinball, you know, uh, you have a pinball news site or you have a pinball blog or you post a lot of pinball pictures and you're, you, these are the people willing to come from far. These are the people who for free are making Pinburg part of how special it is. Um, even though, you know, I wasn't a Pinburg volunteer per se, I still did over 50 interviews with people for the betterment of pinball. I don't make a single penny. I don't have a Patreon. I, I've never had an advertisement on here. I think once I named the name of my tea company, just in case someone wanted to, like, we, you can't even buy our tea online. So I wasn't even like, you know what I mean? Like, I think maybe if someone lived in London, just they could go check it out if they want to see Christopher Franchi's awesome artwork. Happy birthday, by the way, Mr. Christopher Franchi. Um, I'm sorry I didn't get out a top five ways to help celebrate Franchi's birthday, but I did, in remembering that, I did do a top five ways to help Franchi recover after the flood. So I bet you if you go listen to that episode, that would tell you the top five ways that you could help Franchi nowadays. But um, yeah, shout out to Chris. I did get to speak to him recently, which was nice. Uh, I hope he has a great time at Expo and everyone else going to Expo. I'm probably not going to make it to Expo unless I win the lottery or... I don't know. I'm probably not going to make it to Expo. Uh, is, is As important as pinball is to me, and I would have loved to have been gone to Expo, it's more important that I get to go meet my new nephew. It's more important that I get to go to my cousin's wedding. And not that playing in the London Ontario Pinball League finals is more important than that. Like, I don't even think any of those three things is necessarily more important than me going to Expo. But the fact that all three of those were going to be happening in such a short period of time was to me more important than Expo. And I'm sorry, guys. I'm sorry. I'm sorry, Chris the Pintern. I'm sorry, everyone else that I said I was going to try to make it. Uh, I It doesn't look like I'm going to be able to make it. But I will be there with you guys in spirit. I'll be watching anything on Twitch that you live stream from the tournament or the floor. Chris, if you're able to get Wi-Fi and do a walk around for the Pinball Nerds podcast, maybe I can get you to sign into the Pinball Nerds podcast and you can do a live stream from our Facebook page. I bet you all of the people there would love that. Uh, that's Chris the Pintern on Twitch if you don't have him. He does a lot of live streaming. And uh, I know he's live stream Meteor and usually he's doing live streaming on Alice Cooper's Nightmare Castle. And by a lot, I mean a couple times a month. I haven't seen him do one recently, but you guys can always follow him there if not. I'm making this episode because I genuinely want the most amazing pinball event on the planet, Pinberg, to be a little bit better. And I think it could be a little bit better by A, giving Pinberg and all the people who work there a little bit more income. That would mean that maybe you could hire on a couple more people and there wouldn't be as much of a load on the volunteers. That extra money, as I mentioned before, could also go to advertising, could also go to like advertising 
basically advertising pinball to the world because pinball is you know going to be be put up there allow you to have more streaming units and rigs allow you to maybe have a little bit you know it would be great even if we didn't have live commentary for all of them or we just had one commentator it would be really rad if somehow some way we could have and even if you if it wasn't live even if you had to put them on to you know the uh put them onto youtube later but it would be just be so incredible if there could be streams or at least videos of all the division finals. I think everybody going to Pemberg can agree that would be great, but maybe right now they just don't have the resources. But guess what? By increasing the resources, you now have more and better and higher quality content and coverage. You have the opportunity to possibly pay more people to come in to do color commentary or possibly pay more people to more, more, uh, media outlets and get more coverage and do, you know, a couple things like that. I mean, every single time there's a Pemberg for the last three years, we've been breaking the world record for the, the largest pinball tournament on the planet, right? So it's, it's, it's already very media worthy as it is. And it's not like we need more coverage again to get more players, but geez, if we could have more people watching that one event, like that's the event you want them watching. Like if I'm only going to, like, I actually had people over here that were, from good old River Hibbert, and I, the only pinball I let them see was like, basically I went to the finals of this year's Pimberg, went to the A Division finals, I went to them being on stream, on stage, I cut through like halfway through it, and I showed like a couple minutes of Keith playing on like two or three different machines, and that was it, because that was the most interesting, the most fun, uh, it had the best commentary, uh, the commentators were getting very excited, and it was very colorful, and it was, it, you could feel the pulse of everybody in there, just the excitement. And I want to see more of that excitement. And I want to see more of the, uh, more of it covered. And I also just don't want to worry about from now until whenever they release the tickets, I think it was in April, maybe, or May, I, for, I forget, could have been earlier than that. Whenever, whenever the tickets go on sale, I don't want to be worrying about from whenever the tickets, when they announce when the tickets are going to go on sale until the tickets go on sale, am I going to get a ticket? How do I get a ticket? And then I don't want to be thinking after that about, geez, oh my gosh, I can't go to Pemberg just because I live in River Hibbert and it had slightly slower internet than everyone. Okay, a lot slower internet than everyone. Now, mind you, I will not stay in River Hibbert. I will, if I have to, travel for three hours to Halifax to get faster speeds. And I will make sure I'm somewhere where I have five bars on my phone and I have Wi-Fi. But that's just me. I think that I want, you know, you always want the best of the best. Whenever you are doing anything that is competition related, sport related, or even down to this hobby, you want the best of the best to show up. And the only way to guarantee that we have the best of the best of the best showing up is to make higher prices for Pimberg. It's got too popular. It's selling out too quickly. Um, now it becomes, you know, it's a higher percentage of people who are closer to that particular server in that particular time zone. That was it as well. Like if, if it's, you know, you're making someone do this at like 3 a.m. their time zone or something, because remember this has happened now that they can't fix, like they can't change the time zone thing, but by, well, they can kind of, because if you make three tiers, that top tiers, you want the top tier to take at least a day to sell out. If I'll say this right now from a marketing standpoint, not from a pinball standpoint, but if the top tier sells out at whatever the prices are this year, if that top tier, their highest tier, their VIP sells out in less than 24 hours. They didn't ask enough money for that ticket. That's the market telling you that. Now, do I want them just to keep inflating tickets until, you know, 
until it doesn't sell out till the day before? No, that's Coachella. That's one of these other big events that it's all about the money. This isn't all about the money. This is all about the pinball. But for it to be all about the pinball, you've got to have the best pinball players there. That's all I have to say for today. Until next time, pinball nerds, remember to eat, sleep, and breathe. Pinberg, pinball.